0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. As a Christian, I know that I have God's very presence living within me. That presence carries with it extraordinary power. However, so many times in life, I find myself living powerless. Chris Tomlin's song, Resurrection Power, reminds us that we have resurrection power living on the inside of us. This is true. Let's explore scripture together as we explore this idea. But first, let's listen. No. my favorite places in Scripture that speaks of resurrection power is Ephesians chapter 1. And if you've been listening long, you can probably guess what my first recommendation will be as we head over to Ephesians chapter 1, and that is to read in context. In fact, reading in context is my favorite Bible interaction tool exercise. I call all of these exercises Bites for short. They help you take a bite out of scripture, get it? (laughs) And keep your time in God's word varied. And after all, Bible study is just that. It's study. It's not sleeping with your Bible under your pillow hoping that it will sink in. It's not merely attending church on Sunday and listening to your pastor teach or preach from it. Although I hope you practice this discipline in your own life, it's not even listening to Christian music, although I think that's a really good practice, especially when paired with true study. I guess what I'm saying is that it will take effort, and one of the best practices to study scripture is to read in context. Now, I define reading in context as reading the chapter before and the chapter after where I'm studying or that's the minimum, right? Of course, in this case, we're starting in Ephesians chapter one, so there is no chapter before. I do want to pair uh, this concept or this, Bite, this Bible Reaction Tool exercise of reading in context with the bite of read and keep on reading. Uh, I often use that particular bite in Old Testament stories uh, because you, there's a lot of the stories are longer and you can get a better idea of what you're reading when you read and keep on reading. But when I'm reading a letter like Ephesians, I recommend reading that letter, the epistle. It's, epistle is just a fancy word for letter. Uh, read the whole thing before stopping to study a smaller section. So this bite of reading, keep on reading, is really applicable here. So by reading the whole letter of Ephesians, you will get a sense of the tone of the letter, uh, the big ideas that the readers are dealing with in the historical context of when you they would have received the letter. Uh, you'll see how the section that you are studying deeper fits into the whole Does this sound a little daunting to you to read an entire book of the Bible straight through? Well, if it seems a little much for you, try the bite of listening to the audio version of the text. My favorite app on my phone is Uversions, the Bible app, and you can let it read Ephesians to you it will take less than 16 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. You just set it playing as you're getting ready for the day or listen to it on your way to or from someplace. Even the shortest commutes are generally longer than 16 minutes. And don't worry, this is not cheating. It's a genuine Bible interaction tool exercise to listen to an audio version. I will often listen to an entire book of the Bible several times, especially the shorter ones. I mean, Ephesians is only six chapters. And I'll often listen to the entire book of the Bible several times as I prepare to dive into that smaller section so I can read it in context. And then after you've read or listened to the entire letter or both, uh, you're ready to then dive into a smaller section. And the section that I want to explore today is only nine verses. So let's go ahead and read those together. And I'm going to start in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, if you haven't read the letter uh, to the Ephesians at this point, and you ignore all of my bites up to this point, all right? So you didn't read it in context. You didn't read the letter. Um, Your first question should be, if you pull this out and you start reading in verse 15, where it says, for this reason, your first question should be, for what reason? (laughs) Okay, so the first sentence in this section is, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks, and he goes on. Basically, Paul is just opening the letter, I know we didn't have a chance to read it from the beginning, but he's opening the letter, praising God that the Ephesians were chosen by God. And sealed with the Holy Spirit. So because of all that God has done for them, he doesn't cease to pray for them. And again, you would know that from using the bite of reading in context, okay? Now, I have made a one-page resource to help you that details the top five bites that I use. Uh, Put it all in one-page resource, and I will send that to you for free when you subscribe to my website. So head over to michellenizat.com. But let's keep reading through verse 16. So Paul is praying for the Ephesians. And what is he praying? Well, one of my favorite bites is to make a list. And in this case, it turns out that the list is just two points. But I find when I write down my list, it helps. So it says that the God, in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So Paul is praying that God will give them two things, a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation. Now look closely to see where those gifts are given. Those gifts are given in the knowledge of him. And I'm going to ask a simple question. Where do we go primarily to increase in our knowledge of God? His word. You know, Paul is not asking God for a, I didn't crack the book for this test, but I'm praying for God's favor sort of gift. He's asking for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. So you have to be in the knowledge of him to expect to receive this gift. A lot of times I I see people wanting wisdom and revelation, but they are not willing to increase in their knowledge of God through any effort. But that's not going to be us, right? So we're stopping we're slowing down, we're studying. So let's look at the result of this gift of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. There are several results. We start in verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So just in this verse you see three things that I put on my list. Number one that the eyes of our heart um, the eyes of your heart is enlightened. What happens when your heart is enlightened? Well, you see things that you've never seen before, right? So it's the light is shining on the dark places and and all of a sudden you see clearly. Uh, The second thing on my list is you would know the hope to which he has called you. He has called us. In fact, the eyes of your light and um, being enlightened is one thing that happens, but it also then leads to these next three things. Um, And the first, of course, is to know the hope to which he has called you. And he's called us to hope. And this gift of wisdom and revelation and the enlightenment of our hearts will lead us to knowing this hope. Okay, more on that in a minute. And then, number three, that you would know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And there's that in the category again, right? So uh, there's our, the wisdom and revelation that is the gift that Paul's praying for. Would be that it um, and our eyes would be our, the eyes of our heart would be enlightened that we would know the hope to which he's called you that we would know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and then verse nineteen gives us one more result of this gift of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ and that is and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. So you will know the immeasurable greatness of His power to those who believe. Okay, so there's that first mention of the power that our song has inspired us to discover. Uh, that's what we want to talk about, and that's what we want to explore. But who is this power toward? Who is this um, immeasurable great power? Who who gets this power? Well believers. Okay. And in the, re- in the rest of verse 19, Paul continues the characteristics of this immeasurably great power when it describes it as being according to the working of his great might. Now I want to pause here and use another bite. I like to stop sometimes if I am confused or curious uh, and use a variety of translations to help me understand something a little better. If another translation words it a slightly different way, I might be able to better understand what I'm reading. So in the NIV, all right, so I was reading the ESV, the English Standard Version, um, and it reads, according to the working of his great might. And in the NIV, it says, that power is the same as the mighty strength. And in the New Living Translation, it says, this is the same mighty power. In the Berean translation, it reads, he displayed this power in the working of his mighty strength. And in the New, um, New American Standard Bible, it says, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. So as I continue to read in verse 20, where it continues that sentence, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, And I take into consideration what I just read in the various translations. I see that it is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And what is the gift? That through the wisdom and revelation that are in the knowledge of him, we will know the immeasurable greatness of this resurrection power. You see how just by slowing it down, reading the words that are on the page, kind of breaking it apart a little bit, we can make these profound um, insights, just the summaries. So let's work in one more Bible interaction tool exercise, the bite of consulting a word study. Now, my favorite resource to do this is biblehub.com. It's free. You go there, you type in Ephesians one eighteen, you click on the word no over there in the right-hand column where it shows the verse in context, and it will take you to the summary screen where you can see the word in the Greek, you can see the definition, um, how it's used in a variety of places, and this is where I discovered that the Greek word for to know is "aido," And this word is akin to the expression, I see what you mean, or I see what you're saying. And in the summary, it says seeing that becomes knowing, then is a gateway to grasp spiritual truth from a physical plane. Now that's a mouthful and kind of a, a it, it, it's a big thought. But that's exactly what Paul is praying for the Ephesians here. And I think that we can translate that prayer to all believers. Paul wants us to be able to read the words on the page that say immeasurable greatness, describing that resurrection power, and pair it with the God-given wisdom and revelation needed to enlighten our hearts so that we can know, really know, not merely acknowledge, but really grasp the spiritual truth. Of the immeasurable greatness of this power. Now, this is not something I can give you. This knowledge is a gift from God alone. That's why Paul was calling on God to give it to the Ephesians. Join Paul in asking for this profound wisdom and revelation. And by the way, it is, after all, immeasurably great, meaning we'll never come to a conclusive knowledge of this power. But he wants them to know, to really know. But let's do all that we can to understand the knowledge that he is making plain through the gift of his word. And let's continue to explore this immeasurably great power. So what did this immeasurably great power do? Well, let's revisit verse 20. It says this power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So this power is not only resurrection power, but it is identity power. So it says God raised Christ from the dead. This is the power that he used, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's resurrection power right there. But what about this power of identity or identity power that I mentioned? Well, by seating Christ at his right hand, God gives Jesus a position of honor and authority and establishes His identity. And I want to talk about identity for a minute. It's a big topic in the world today. And at its core, identity is how we are defined. The world wants you, by the way, to define yourself. And God wants you to allow him to define you. Okay. But our identity tends to be a culmination of our interests and our values, what we do, what we love, and critically, how we see ourselves. uh, And what often our identity is what often gives us validation. Now, we identify ourselves a variety of ways by our heritage. For example, I'm Cajun. So that is one identity uh, or one part of my identity. We identify ourselves by our job. I'm a director of institutional advancement for a Christian school. That's uh, one way I might identify myself. We identify ourselves by our interests. I'm a podcaster. I'm a writer and a marketer. We identify ourselves by our community. I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a wife, a mom, a daughter, a granddaughter, a friend, a cousin, an aunt, a member of my church. And our identity is more than a convenient way of summing ourselves up. It's how we present ourselves to the world. It controls how we interact with the people around us, how we see ourselves, and how other people re- react to us. And so let's revisit those last few verses of our focus section. Because God seated Christ at his right hand in the heavenly places. And then he goes on to further describe that in verse 21. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And above every name that is named. Not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet. And gave him his head over all things to the church which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Now Christ's heritage... You know, is that he was with God in the beginning, that all things were made through him and that he continues to hold all things together, by the way. And he descended from heaven to be fully uh, born on earth, fully God and fully man. He lived a sinless life. He died and was resurrected with that immeasurably great power that we've been talking about. And that same power placed him at the right hand of the father in the heavenly places. That is his position And he is far above everything. I love the fact that Paul said it over and over and over in several ways. Far above all rule, above every name, above now and in ages to come, all things under his feet, head over all things. (laughs) We got it. He is over all. And part of his job is his community, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, which, wow, we could probably be an entirely different podcast all to itself. But Christ's identity was established by the same power that raised him from the dead. And here's where it gets really fun. And if you keep reading, because I know you will, because you're going to read it in context, you're going to read the whole thing. (laughs) But if you keep reading in Ephesians, and you'll see that we have the same benefits of this same power, because in Ephesians chapter two, verse four, it says, but God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Did you hear it? When we were dead in our transgression and sins, God made us alive in Christ. Same power, same result. Raised from death to life. For Christ, it was physical death to a physical life. For us, it is a spiritual death to eternal life. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Same power, same place. Now that's immeasurably great power. Oh, that we could know it. And if our identity is how we present ourselves to the world and how we interact with the people around us and how we see ourselves and how others react to us... Knowing this immeasurably great power that has already made us alive, for those of us who who believe, and seated us in the heavenly places, it, it could literally change our lives. So what's next? Well, read or listen to the entire letter to the Ephesians. 16 minutes, y'all. 16. <laughs> Work your way, verse by verse, through this section of Scripture, this fifteen verses 15 through 23 that we've talked about. Make your own list. Write down other observations. Um, Review a variety of translations in any area that may seem confusing or you just might be curious as to how it could be translated a variety of ways. Read for yourself the summary of the Greek word to know using BibleHub.com. Increase your knowledge in him through study. And seek the gift Paul prayed for the Ephesians, God's gift of wisdom and revelation, that you may know the immeasurable greatness of his resurrection power. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at MichelleNizat.com. Hop on Twitter at michelle Nizat, or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat. Let's talk about what you're learning. And before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, the TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. And when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at overflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Robin from somewhere in the U.S., Jean and Missy from Virginia, Paj from Australia, Ova from Texas, Megan from Louisiana, Mark from Singapore, Lynn from Illinois, Kristen from Illinois, Vanessa from the Philippines, Janet from Georgia, and Ninan from India. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. I mentioned it earlier It's a great place to start. And subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. In that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, where you can print it out. And you get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to some of the extra resources that I create from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesthat.com to subscribe today. And there are so many different ways to listen to the podcast these days. We are now featured on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, always on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio. And you can subscribe in iTunes. And if you head over to iTunes, I would love it if you would leave me a written review and a star rating. This encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using You Say by Lauren Daigle to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I have made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 231. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.